You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Well, it's uh, 8.34 p.m. Central African time. It was beautiful, mashallah, Monday night. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Once again, let's welcome our listeners of Radio Al-Ansar International, our beloved, wonderful listeners of Sari SFM, and uh, our listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. There's a message that says, Mufti Sahab, Make dua Allah grant hidayat to Dr. Mads Gilbert. He's a very good man who started. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Before I respond to that question, just one announcement. Sometimes people in the ending are going to sleep or they forget. So remember tonight after the Q&A, we'll have Hafiz Yusuf Kala, inshallah. And thereafter, we'll have our Honorable Ustad, Hazrat Mufti Rizal Haqsab, the bayan he gave yesterday at Masjid Hamza, extension 9. And then with Allah's help and mercy, I translated it. So the Urdu bayan and the English translation station will play inshallah it's one hour one hour five minutes between 10 and 11 tonight so listen to that very very important what is taqwa what is true piety and so forth so that was excellent every day we read salat alhamdulillah and then we beg almighty allah allahumma hadin nasa jamia oh almighty allah grind grant humanity hidayat and bring them us bring us bring our families and the entire ummah back to sirat and the right path and so forth but if you want to make dua for an individual so that also is very good Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu sallam made special dua for Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an sab Umar ko bulaya gya big difference the other sahaba entered the fall of Islam Sayyidina Umar was requested to come Allahumma izzal Islam bi Umar ibn al-Khattab o bi Amr ibn Hisham Ya Allah bring Umar or bring Amr Amr. Amr became Abu Jahal, dispatched to Jahannam forever and the hellfire. And Sayyidina Umar became Amirul Mu'mineen, the Khalifa of this Ummah. And today he's still honored and is always honored, except if you are the Kuffar, Shias, and so forth. So you must remember he's there, buried next to Mustafa Rasulullah. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr as Siddiq, then he said, Umar Farooq. So Yes, very good. Make dua for Dr. Matt Gilbert. He has love for Palestinians. He has love for humanity. And he speaks the truth. And the Jutlas cannot break him because he's Saibul Bayti Adrabi Mafi. The person in the house knows what's happening. He was there for more than 20 years or so. So therefore, very good. We may all make dua for people to embrace Islam and see the true light, inshallah. And even these Jutlas, first we make dua. Allah guide them. If there's no guidance, for them, Allah must decimate and destroy them. I told you, Shias are kuffar. I went to Iran in 2013 and I spent 12-13 days there. I arrived on the 1st of Rabiul Awal 12.13, it was a Monday, and I came back the following Saturday. So it depends how you want to count, 12 days, 13 days. So it was on the 5th of Rabiul Awal that Friday, I was in a place called Kashan, K-A-S-H-A-N, Kaf Alif, Sheen Alif Noon, Kashan, very famous for Persian carpets, Iranian carpets, and so forth. If you go to Kashan even today, you will see a 
Mazar, you will see a shrine, you will see a mausoleum of Fairuz Abu Lu'lu al Majusi, the fire worshipper Zoroastrian, 100% kafir, and person who was a non Muslim, and he martyred and murdered Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab, Amirul Mu'mineen, and these Shia Kufar went to make a Mazar and a shrine out of him and said that Baba Shujauddin, you are the bravest person. What you did was wonderful, excellent. You murdered and martyred Amirul Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar. They have a hatred for Umar and they love the murderer of Sayyidina Umar. And till today it is there. Ask any Shia who speaks of unity. What about that? Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi, when he saw that, he came back, he said, I wasted my life with the Shias and so forth. Talking of unity between Shias and Sunnis. Therefore, after that, he started calling Hezbollah, Hezbollah Shaitan. Allah gave him hidayat, alhamdulillah. And publicly, he apologized and asked Allah for forgiveness. Hmm. Somebody says, can you tell me, Muftisab, if I can bury my wife, I'm Hanafi Ustad. Yes, you can go into the grave and bury her according to all four schools. The only point of difference is, can you touch her after her death, skin to skin? So the Shafi is, Maliki is humble, they say you can touch her also. And Hanafi say, no, you can't touch her. When we ask the Maliki, Shafi is humble, is why? What is your dalil, evidence and proof? They say, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu gave ghusl to Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. So it shows you can touch. Hanafi say you can't touch because you can marry her sister immediately after her death. There's no iddat for the man. So in Quran Sharif states, Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 23, and to combine two sisters at one time in your nikah, in your marriage, not permissible, it's haram. So both parties have their dalail and evidence, so remember that. So 100%, you go in the grave, you bury your wife, all that totally permissible according to all four schools. I see Brother Kurt, he says, evening AK, are people in South Africa happy? Me, I am fed up. Now they say ESCOM and City Power are fighting. Who's tired? So you must remember this. I told you, Kurt, I ask you one question, right? Any non-Muslim you want to ask a question, please send it now. This mm. is a live program. Nothing censored. You must remember that. You jutlas, jutlis, whatever you want. Just put AK and keep the question. Kiss. Keep it short and sweet. We don't want long, long stories here. So, Kurt, I pose one question to you. <coughs> Sorry about that. So I pose one question to you, Kurt, right? And I want the Kurt answer. Your name is K-U-R-T. And I want the Kurt answer, C-U-R-T. Kurt, did you vote for ANC in 94 and 99? Be honest about it, Kurt. You see me, I never, uh, I got Quran here in front of me. I never ever voted. I'll never ever vote. You must remember for ANC. I'll never ever vote for DA. The Haramis, they promote Israel. And I'll never vote for EFF. And the other Mickey Mouse parties, you must choose who you want to. You can. Some of them support Israel also. The ACDP and uh, this one and that one. So my aim in life will be to tell you South Africans that vote for opposition. But such opposition that you can strengthen them. We need to bring the ANC down to less than 50%. Then they will wake up like this. They're making us fools. You must remember that. That I 
there was now in Okis. You don't know Kurt where's Okis. Okis is Okis, right? And if you go there, you will see that, you know, big plant there and all this type of thing. What they call it? Kesul, Kesuli, whatever the name is. So I passed it there. Nighttime, it looks very beautiful with all the lights on, you know. Kelus, whatever the name is. I forget the difficult name also. <laughs> so you must remember this. So, but I wonder how many times our lights are. That Minister of Electricity, I heard him speaking today. He says that this past two, three weeks were one of the worst weeks we had here. <laughs> so instead of improving, it is getting worse. But their wages are increasing, their perks are increasing. We got the bloated government, you got two ministers of education, and your matrix certificate is not worth the paper on which it's written. Let us be honest about these things. If you're not honest, you can't solve the problem. You must understand. So, Kurt, what do you say? Who you voted for? I'm telling you, you voted for ANC in 94. <laughs> what do you say, Kurt? What he says? He says correct. Uh, and, Kurt, and Kurt, come and give you another word. One right hook and one left hook. And then in 99, again, you voted for them. Right, Kurt? Yes or no? He says, come on, <laughs> You see, now Kurt, who's to blame my brother Kurt? You see, you guys vote for them, then you say you're fed up and all this kind of thing. You see, so think properly, Kurt, my brother. Uh, uh, Adrian says, why is Hamas, your Hamas, living in Qatar and not Gaza? Ustad, Adrian. Because your Israel are murdering the Palestinian leaders. The problem started when? In 1948, when the Jutlas and the invaders and the squatters came and they started stealing, occupying the land of the Palestinians, America, Britain, France, Italy, and Russia. Everybody recognized them and so forth. So now they got Western recognition, and then they started getting help from them. The invaders and squatters' occupation is terrorism. And Hamas only came on the picture in 1987, and their leader is Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, a paraplegic from neck downwards, and he was murdered and martyred by Ariel Sharon, the war criminal, the butcher of Beirut in 2004. And what do you see? That after that, so he was martyred by him, by Ariel Sharon. Then the next leader, that is Dr. Abdul Aziz Rantisi, he also murdered and martyred by the Israeli apartheid terrorist Nazi regime. So therefore, the leadership has to be outside. And then, same thing in South Africa. For what the leaders were outside, majority of them, they were in exile. So some of them were in Libya, some in Russia, some in Egypt, some here, there, some in Africa, Nigeria, Tanzania, all these places, because the white minority regime, the Bura Africana, will shoot them dead. So therefore, you must remember, it's a strategic move. And now there's a message going on that you must Ismail Haniya, Khalid Mashal, and them are multi-millionaires. Yes, they're multi-millionaires. Yasser Arafat, every day he needed million dollars per day to run the affairs of the Palestinians. <laughs> so you must remember, if you're going to keep the money in Gaza, these Jutlas will take it away and steal it and so forth. So when you say they got Ismail Haniya is 100 million and 500 million billion is true. So why they got it? To spend on the Palestinians. So you must remember, it's not that they're pocketing the money or something. They run the whole Palestine from that money there. So and 100% we will tell the Muslims to support Hamas. Yes, if you 
don't want to support and you want to support Israel, then you know what we will call you. We will call you a traitor and a murtad just like MBS of Saudi Arabia and MBZ of Dubai. So you must MBZ murtad bin Zindik. So that is where we stand today. Somebody says a certain members of the ulama are calling for boycott of Nafil Umrah due to the Saudi government. What is your view, Stad? 100% we will also encourage that and we also will endorse that. We will say the Saudi regime, you must not support them in any way. Humlil kufri yawma izin aqrabu iman. They are nearer to kufr nowadays compared to iman. People want to make dua for Gaza. People want to spend on Palestine. They'll tell you no. They will tell you go to the Sanama in Medina. That is acceptable to them. But if you make dua for Gaza, Palestine, they know to arrest you. They want to intimidate you, harass you, and so forth. They will tell you that you can't make tawaf at the bottom. Is your father's haram this? MBS is not your haram. Is not your father's haram. Is not your grandfather's haram. It's Allah's haram, remember that. It does not belong to Saudi Arabia, and therefore I read this dua. And you can quote me anywhere. Allahumma ahalik ala Saud, kama ahalak ta'ada wa thamud. Ya Allah, decimate, destroy the royal family, the zalims, who are oppressing the Muslims, as you destroy the people of Ad and Samud. And send it to them, you chamchas and you spies. We don't fear them. So you must remember the type of things here and even Nafil Hajj we will say you should not go and so forth that from those days already I stopped going you must remember before all this year before the 2020 was my last just before lockdown when I came home and then I had to go to Mauritius and I came back and after three four days was lockdown so that was the last we went so 2020 21 22 now 23 is ending so three four years now we're not going for this very reason also many reasons but one of the reasons is this. So we must remember, we encourage that. Why must you go? Go to Aqsa, take your children, go show them there what's really happening and so forth. Then they will learn some appreciation. Somebody says when making sajda, should we as Hanafi ladies keep our elbows up or keep hands and elbows down to start. Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam's authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif and various compilations, the men are guilty of this and it's not permissible this. That Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam said, La taftarish zira'ayhi ka zira'il kalb. When you go into sizda, then go, don't keep your elbows, your forearms and your arms on the ground like how the dog does. You see a dog that when it is sitting Quran Sharif so it keeps his arms and hands and all that like that flat on the ground so we must imitate emulate the Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam hadith in Bukhari Sharif that perform your salat as you see me performing the salat so for the men you'll see so many men that I read salat with them this masjid this masjid I announce it also but still they'll keep their arms and a majority of them is not permissible that remember it's makru tahrimi and is a major sin that you are doing that 
were exactly against Nabi Salam's teaching you are doing. So we must rectify our salat. I don't say all the men, but many of them. For you women, the Shafi'is, Maliki, Zambali say your arms, elbows, all should be up and so. Only Hanafi scholars say for the women, they should keep their arms, elbows on the ground. So when we ask the Hanafi ulama, so this is bin Babil Ijtihad. So this is how you derive certain lessons and certain issues from the hadith. The hadith is mentioned in the marasil of Imam Abu Dawood. Inna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam marra alamra'atein. The master alayhi salam passed two women to Swalliyan. They were reading Salat. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave them some directives and advice. Fa'idha sajadtuma fadumma ba'dallahmi ilal ard. Fa'inna almar'ata laysat karrajul fi dhalik. When you go into sajda, make sure some of your body touches the ground. So the Hanafis took the meaning the hands must touch the ground also, the arms and the elbows. And a woman must not raise her posterior like how the man does. So in the sajda, and a imma arba'a, all agree, a woman's salat and a man's salat is not the same. It's only the Salafis, they're crazy people, you know. They will tell you taraweeh is eight rakats. They will tell you that you must remember that you can make masa and all that on your normal socks. So here also they will say the man and woman salat is the same. But they can't produce one hadith. We're giving hadith here. Remember this. And is hadith a mursal? But it's better than your dalil and your evidence. So therefore we reject what the salafis say. I see one of the listeners says, but Mufti Sahib, it's Allah's house, Allah's haram. Why would you say we should boycott to start? So we will say you must boycott it because you must remember Mustafa sallallahu went in the sixth year of the hijrah to perform umrah and then they didn't allow the master alayhi salam and 1400, 1400 sahaba 1500 sahaba plus minus they didn't allow them so if I go they won't allow me to go inside that I think most probably and thousands of others who speak against them they won't allow you maybe they won't even allow you to board the plane because they red flag you so we must be happy another sunnah is practiced upon you must remember I ask you one question when you go there and then so now it's something nafil right you go for umrah it's not some compulsory nafil so your intention is sawab right if your intention is really sawab then why you don't go to aqsa you get much more sawab mm. you can take million million rand per person and you go and you give out zakat there go look after the orphans and so you get much more reward it shows your intention is not really sawab <laughs> your intention is holiday your intention is just touring your intention is to get to catch a big jol there majority of the people's intention is like that so go for a shopping spree and so forth and so on so therefore we will say that you should not go you booked already and you go that's fine but my my advice for majority of you is better you don't go so start if talaq has taken place the ex-husband manages the business which is solely owned by the ex-wife is it permissible for both of them to communicate with the business formalities or is it better that the ex-wife employs someone else to manage the business who start? Finished. The talaq is finished. The iddat is finished. And they are strangers to one another. It's not permissible for her to keep the ex-husband there in that business. And then every day they will speak on the phone that what happens here, what happens here, all that is not permissible. Because then one thing will lead to another. They will start flirting with one another. He gave her three talaqs. Maybe they end up in bed also together. Mm-hmm. So you must remember, it's not permissible this. You employ somebody else, 
house and tell him the marriage is finished and the business agreement also is finished. Ustad, uh, can a woman wear the niqab while performing umrah? 100% Mustafa Rasulullah is some hadith in Bukhari Sharif. When they ask, Mayal Basul Muhrim, what should a person in ihram wear in the state of consecration? So he, Habibuna Rasulullah sallam, gave two directors for the ladies. She must not wear gloves in the state of ihram. When you're not in ihram, you ladies wear gloves, very good. It's not compulsory, but desirable. And in ihram, you must not wear gloves. And then, you must not wear niqab when you are in ihram, so remember. They don't mean you must move around and pose there with an open face. You don't look at one hadith and then you start jumping. So you must remember, go to Abu Dawood, Siddiqa, Umm al-Mu'mineen, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha says, whenever the rukban, the strange men would come, we would cover our faces. Some people say, no, this is for Azwaji Mutwahara, the honorable wives of Nabi alayhi salam, is wrong. Go open one time a Malik and that Asma binti Yazid's hadith is there and they should cover their faces. So what is meant is that the niqab, you don't let it touch your face and so forth. But today we advise our ladies wear the normal niqab and so forth because everywhere there are cameras there. In Makkah, Mukarramah, there's cameras and it's meant by the security personnel, majority of them men. And in Medina also. So when you perform Umrah, wear the normal niqab and remember for you to wear the cap in all that is difficult and after the Umrah give out 30-35 riyals to the poor people there is no dumb there is no sacrifice of goat or sheep there is an easy way to solve the problem it's compulsory for you to wear the niqab Ustad I want to know if baby shower and gender reveal is permitted in Islam Ustad so remember all these showers are all haram you see as long as this Muslim Ummah suffers from the inferiority complex ihsas kamtari al Fikri. You start thinking just like the Kuffar mentality. Your name is Bilal, but you start thinking like Bali, Bali, Val Clinton, you know. Oh, you must remember your name is Mary, your name is Maryam, but you start thinking like Mary, Mary Poppin, you know, understood? So remember, you can't go far in life because you suffer from defective Iman. You got it embedded in your heart and entrenched in your mind that the West is the best and white is right. You need to detach yourself from all these haram things. Baby shower and marital shower and then husband wife going to shower in the jacuzzi and Allah alone knows where and where. So all these baby shower and uh, nikah shower and all that is all not permissible. It's all kuffar customs and all that. Totally haram. When you imitate the people, you become part and parcel of them. Authentic hadith and Abu Dawood and Muslim Ahmed. Gender, if your wife is pregnant and you want to know the gender of the baby so that's fine but it's better you must remember you leave it as a surprise chapter 42 surah to shura verses 49-50 Allah Ta'ala mentions the daughters first then he mentions the son Allah is giving you a gift a present and first daughter or daughters and then then Allah speaks of sons. Why? In Allah al inath Allah mentioned woman first, and then the man, because the Arab society, like the Indian society, go to India. If they know that their wife, daughter-in-law, is going to give birth to a daughter, I don't say 
all. But most instances, many instances, they will tell them to abort it and so forth. They hate each other. The Arabs were also like that. Even today they like that. Many of them, you must remember, they hate it when their wives give birth to daughters and so forth. They just want sons. So Almighty Allah says, no, when your wife gave birth to a daughter and at the first while, Allah's special favor is on you. That is why Allah mentions the female first over the male. Listen to Craig. Craig says, you said... He says that you said Saudi won't allow you and accept you. Why don't you say to the listeners that the United States won't allow you too? We still allowed in our own country. Craig Ustad. So you must remember, <laughs> I've been to America twice. So what must I go there? We don't go. We don't go to Saudi Arabia to go visit Dammam or go visit Riyadh or go visit. You must remember, I've been to all these places, Dammam, Riyadh, and all of them. So you must remember, we go to Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara for Hajj, for Umrah, to go send salawat salutation upon the master sallallahu alayhi so the Saudis the Haramis the non-Muslims so they use that visa and they blackmail you you must remember if you're going to speak against us we will not allow you in the kingdom and so forth so that is a weakness when you're not allowed to accept valid criticism constructive criticism it shows how hopeless useless you are mm. I give you example of some guys from America they spoke very mildly against the Saudi regime. You know, they worship the Americans. And when they came from Washington, New York, here and there, they landed in Jeddah. And then they said, no, you must go back with a return plane because you're not allowed. You criticize the government of Saudi Arabia. So that is their weakness, you must <laughs> remember. But we don't care about that. We have to speak the truth. We have to speak the truth, whether it's against our ANC government or whether it's the Saudi regime or whether it's against Dubai or Kain and Mankan, any government, whether it is your American government, whether it is Biden wearing his diapers or whether it is Trump blowing his Trump, remember. <laughs> well, it's uh, 9 o'clock, uh, spot on. We're going to go for our Isha Zan when we come back, inshallah. Of course, breaking news in Gaza. Don't go away. Stay tuned.